Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Shot Podcast. Here with you for another week. Uh, I'm Joe Dar, and I'm joined by Charles Firth. Hello. And by Dave Milner. G'day. Uh, and unfortunately not today by Grace Tame, mm. who is both unwell and en route to the various places where there is always demand to hear from Grace Tame. Mm. So we're lucky to have her when we get her. I thought you were going to say en route to the various places that want to get COVID. <laughs> 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 Does she have COVID or she just had know. to test? I think there was some was, yeah. discussion that she may get it. And, in fact, Jim Chalmers has got COVID at the moment. He's isolating up at his home in Brisbane, mm. I uh, I learned yesterday. So the wave continues. Mm. Yeah, the interest rate in COVID <laughs> yes. inc- has increased. Yes, no plateauing for mm. COVID. Yeah. Uh, so... Shall we talk about the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room, which is the fact that the Liberal Party cannot win an election anywhere across this nation of ours at the moment, from now and potentially into the future, I say. Yeah, um, I'm looking into this at the moment. I have theories on why. Uh, But we are talking about a really historic losing streak from... You know, Queensland in 2020, then South Australia, WA, Victoria, federally, New South Wales. The last remaining holdout is Tasmania. Mm. And what they have is a perception problem. And that perception problem is that in large parts of Australia, they are perceived accurately. <laughs> as And that, of course, is a major problem for them. No, it really is. Like, we've hit, there's lots of discussion at the moment about demographic shifts and changing attitudes and old people dying and young people growing up. And th- the point, I think, is that's a little horse before the cart because all those things are inevitable. They were always going to happen. The actual problem is what they stand for and how fucking shit they mm. are. Mm. Like, that is the problem. Everything else is just the way things were always going to be. But wasn't the point also that Scott Morrison's approach exposed them? He was sort of very open about being horrible to people, you know, and and so therefore whereas they always sort of had this veneer of, well, actually we're the adults in the room, you know, and secretly they'd be shoveling money to their mates in business or whatever. Although you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to think of Tony Abbott ever as being an adult in any room at all. Mm. Although he did yeah. purport to be, it's true, um, and he did come off that base of, you know, la- the Labor Party having tantrums and mm. ego fits and behaving generally appallingly and wasting their last term, not just their last term in, in office but their last series of governments with Rudd, Rudd Gillard Rudd. So it was coming off a low base to say, look, we won't do that, mm. um, so we'll be adult. Of course they then did do that mm. but they were elected on the promise of not having that revolving door um, but I think now you're right, Dave, is that whatever veneer they were able to hide behind, and I think we all know that a lot of this can be traced back to John Howard, um, we might get into that, there was still this sort of reassuring conventionality about, you know, suburban accountant mm. John Howard 
that we certainly didn't see with weird, happy, clappy, Pentecostal, overtly, explicitly, proudly, brazenly mm. corrupt. No, this is entirely right. So it isn't. Mm. You're right. It is. This is why I mentioned it's a perception problem because they haven't changed all that much. What's changed is our ability to see them accurately. And I was just fascinated. This is in the wake of the Aston by-election on the weekend. And David Spears wrapped up his coverage by saying no one saw this coming as the thing that's been happening a lot kept happening. And my, mm. I th- the point is the Liberal Party is really only viable in this in media land where, the, where they are buttressed by the myth that they are superior <laughs> economic managers and that they're not mm. monsters. In the real world, we've seen – like I'm, I'm 38 – my entire lifetime, it was – I've seen them lie about throwing refugees in the water to win elections. I've seen them mm. perpetuate fossil fuels and climate denial for three decades. I have seen them ruin our internet. I have not seen them do a good thing. And I keep being mm. told that they're the adults and that they are you know, reasonable and moderate. And it's just so disjointed from the reality that we've all witnessed with our own eyes now – it doesn't wash anymore. No, I think it's right. And it used to be, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, I was always told that, um, you know, people would get, they might be kind of nice and progressive in their youth, but as they got older, they were going to become more conservative. Although interestingly, actually, uh, around uh, Aboriginal affairs in particular, mm. as a certain cohort of relatively conservative um white fellows got older, they're more inclined apparently or they were more inclined to embrace reconciliation. But generally speaking, people would get more conservative as they got older if they had more wealth to protect. Mm. Um, And that isn't happening anymore. Uh, As the people in their 20s move into their 30s and their 40s, whether it's because their adulthood in some ways, their, you know, wealth accumulation is vanishingly small or happening so much later anyway um, or because, you know, Australia is actually just becoming a more civil place despite um, what the coalition may be trying to do with this, that is not happening. And so Labor and Independents and the Greens are capturing that centre-left space and leaving very little space for the nasty, bigoted party to try and encroach votes. Mm. And the Liberal Party talks about this as though it is a problem of the electorate and not not an ounce of considering that perhaps the views that they hold and purport deserve to be fringe views. Well, and I think it was, it was salient to hear um, Dutton say on Saturday night that Melbourne has always been a difficult market for us. Mm. Um, I mean, the fact that they think it's a market as opposed to a community might be a problem. But also, again, to your point, Dave, it's Melbourne's problem mm. um, that they have prob- that the coalition has problems there, rather than the fact that, and in you know what will soon be the biggest city in the country, just fulsomely rejects them might mean a little bit of soul searching was in order. Yeah, no, I, mm. you'd think so. And like, I mean, just for a little bit more data, like the Liberal Party currently holds fourteen urban seats in Australia at a federal level. Uh, Cost Samaras, former deputy Victorian Labor Party, has put some interesting data about this. It's even worse than that, though, because if you remove seats that are part urban and part semi-rural, it's only and eight is that of how many, federally. Dave? Do you Greens think and teals that? combined. Oh, that's, this is the in the lower house. This is what is it? No, but how many? Are, how many of the hundred and fifty odd seats are classified as urban? Um, I actually that. don't have that, but it is a well. well to compare it, is the Greens well, and teals collectively hold twelve? 
Yeah, right. What I can tell you is that they hold zero seats that have harbour views. Which, in Sydney, you know. Which is, I think, what they would most uh, measure. Yeah. The, that would be the key <laughs> metric, couldn't it? I think, I think it would <laughs> be. Um, I mean, it goes to our point kind of from last week is that <laughs> they hold none of these major erstwhile mm. blue ribbon seats formerly yeah. held by prime ministers, treasurers, all of that. They hold mm. none of them at all. And then there's a whole other swathe that they used to hold very comfortably that are now on the just on a knife edge um, and may and as with Aston may fall if ever there's a by-election. And interestingly, there are now rumours abounding mm. uh, that Morrison will leave Parliament sometime after the budget because he's managed to secure a job overseas. Now, I would give any money to know. <laughs> Who the poor sod is <laughs> that has put up their hand to mm. employ? It's a bank. Well, I isn't reckon it? it's going to be one of those crazy kind of CPAC sort of organisations. It's mm. apparently American, and I think it will be kind of oh. Trumpian, you know, Mike Pompeo esque TV preacher. Vibe. They love them over there. I've, I've got I've got some tea on on his attempt to become a TV preacher. Oh yeah. Which is because he tried that shortly after the election. Yes, he that, did. That was yeah. his. That was his trajectory. Was I'll go across to the US, and I'll because you get two hundred fifty grand per gig. Yeah. At, on those mega churches circuit, and he did the circuit, and they you know got, got a bit of money, but he like no he wasn't would. quite good enough. Like right. To actually be a charismatic preacher in the US, you have to be charismatic. Yeah, you, ha- you have to be. Charis- <laughs> you, but you have to be really good. Like, you know, you've got to. You've yeah. got to have the X factor, and they sort of like him as a because he's got a title of, you know, oh yeah, we'll roll him out as an ex prime minister occasionally. But he's never going to make it in that sort of. Oh, he's got the X factor. He can actually have a second career yeah. as a preacher. Well, that makes sense because. He really doesn't have the X factor. And whenever he would just start talking and those avalanches of words would just cascade unceasingly from his mouth, Mm. they really didn't make much sense. Mm. They were just filling the air in a way that would actually suffocate all listeners rather than inspire. So to me that is unsurprising and Mm. yet still pleasing. Anyway, he's irrelevant now. We don't have to think about him anymore. He is irrelevant, although uh, I will just say that if he does step down and there is a by-election in Cook, hmm. like it would there just be, be hilarious if Simon Earle could come back after his yes. near miss in Miranda and, uh, and I, run again. I think there will be geographical problems or geological problems really mm. with the, the Simon Earle campaign, which is that I imagine that about 25 million Australians will flock to the electorate of Cook to try and hand out the Simon <laughs> Earl. <laughs> and it may actually tilt Australia slightly. And we all go sliding yeah, into, into the, that vast beach in Cronulla. You know, Cronulla beach. Um, but, Dave, yeah. you're right. It'll it is, cause it's a irrelevant. race riot. It's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, it's irrelevant for the time being. Um, mm. And from what we could glean from Dutton's speech on Saturday night and then his interview with Spears on Sunday morning, they really... They have learned nothing. They continue to learn nothing um, despite the flogging that they get at every single electoral outing. It is remarkable and I think part of that is because in their right ear they have blathering idiots and Sky News telling them that they're too woke and that's 
clearly not true, but it is confusing when you're getting pulled from mm. every which way direction. Does this mean that Sky News is in some ways a force for good in the world? The other thing that, like, I do think we need to... Because it's, it's making the Liberal Party unelectable? Indirectly, mm. and not deliberately, definitely, no. definitely not deliberately, but by default, sort of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they're, they're like, utterly it, deranged. You know how the the CIA in the 1940s, the CIA in the 1940s published a, a manual about how to sort of sabotage organisations? Like, And the whole idea was you'd go into the organisation and ask for the minutes to be read from the last meeting and then oh, pick right. up a little detail from the last meeting and then... Run with it. You run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just slow down. And and so they that's what they would do. They'd send in saboteurs into all these left wing organisations to sort of slow so them down. So they would just and, fill them with yeah. ennui, such that they couldn't <laughs> contemplate another meeting, yeah. reading out like yeah. the minutes and the <laughs> results of the Lamington trial. I wonder whether Sky News is playing the same role with the Liberal Party that they're actually a sort of you know deep plot. To it would be. A CIA oh, no, plant? Yeah, it would be nice to think that they were, and can we just express parenthetically our sympathy for to Rupert Murdoch for the mm. demise of his uh, last engagement oh, that yes. lasted all of two weeks. <laughs> Do we have to? I just, I just wonder why you would bother <laughs> announcing an engagement and then you know, two weeks later you have to ignominiously but admit that it, it's already failed. Like this, I the think life the announcement cycle of Murdoch's relationships are getting shorter. Wasn't? I think the announcement was like a band-aid thing. It's like he can see it's on the rocks. Yeah. Maybe if I make a big song and dance about it publicly. It's like a relationship, baby. Over, like it's a it relationship engagement it. announcement to try exactly. and, you know, hold on. Yeah. A relationship yeah. media, baby. Can I can I pitch to you the idea that if, if we're going to take a step back and sort of look at the political parties and go, well, actually, you know, the reason why the Liberal Party is failing is, is because it's shit, right? Yeah. Like, um, that is the thesis of my article, yes. Yeah. That actually we should we, we also need to do the same thing about the relationship between the Greens and the Labor Party because I actually had this epiphany over the weekend Ooh. that I'm not sure that the political spectrum is in the correct order at the moment. If you look at what the Greens have been talking about in the last – well, in the last few years, but especially in the last few weeks – they're on about renters' rights and, and housing affordability and climate change. Yeah. Now, that is the absolute political centre of Australian politics. That is not a sort of left-right um, Cold War, you know, workers versus bosses. Well, it shouldn't be, but we have politicised science to a degree that, mm. you know, saying reality is reality is considered mm. a left-wing thing in this country but, uh, at the but, moment. Uh, but, but you're I don't right, think that should be like politically the people neutral. Who, so like the 85% of people who think that more, thing, more should be done about climate change, they're not all fringe-dwelling left-wingers. They're no. people who are generally also the sorts of people who don't want their rents to rise above CPI and be gouged by vicious landlords. But so and they also happen, you know, who happens to be now 29% of people who happen to be perennial renters rather than owners, right? And so, and they're not, you know, like if you look at the spectru- the political spectrum, like let's have a look at what's happening to the ALP in terms of their their attitude towards climate change. Their attitude is... Okay, what we'll do is we'll use the Greens as a flank to our left to be able to not... 
do anything about it. But the reason why they need to not do anything about it is because there are a whole lot of fossil fuel unions like the CFMU Mining and the AWU who are holding them back from actually doing what the political centre, the 85% of people who want to do something more about climate change, are wanting to happen. So you have a sort of union-driven from the left flank of anti-climate change. It's not just union-driven; it's big business and billionaire-driven as well. Yeah, I mean, I, and 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 big, you know, absolutely, it's a corporatist. Absolutely, totally. Yes, you're right. There's a corporatist sort of thing, but they, but it, it is not. They, they, they are not centrist positions. Like actually, the Greens should be redefining themselves as. The adults in the room. Well, I think that's exactly what the Greens are trying to redefine yeah. themselves as. And, but so are you arguing that climate denial can also well, be a left-wing I, I, I can position? assure you that that is how the CFMEU mining division has run itself with aplomb over the last 15 years. Their whole, their whole attitude is to sort of make it into this sort of, oh, you know, oh, woke-latte-dwelling... In a city, greenies are wanting to, you know, stop us from making lots of money because we're we're actually the true. I think that probably blue speaks Australian. though to the lack of utility around left and right generally because yes, yes. CFMEU whinging about woke hmm. to me isn't progressive. Yeah, I wouldn't describe that as it's also left, but, even but, if they come from the left is, wing of the Labor Party. But it Party. is a it, and but also the Greens voters that I know, they're all rich Tesla. Do, driving marketing executives for Telstra who yeah. try and sell you some well, I think plan that's guy, that doesn't work. that's Guy Rundle's point as he's been going around for crikey and kind of interviewing various uh, and going deep into various seats through different elections is that where it used to be the Greens would all be the hippy-dippies, mm. now they are exactly yes. that. They are the Tesla driving kind of yes. carbon credit kind of, you know, developing um, startup. At- at all this and they're, and they're actually very competent and at some um, point very committed. at some point in the last 10 years the greens were sort of represented they went from representing trees and koalas and they realized oh hang on trees and koalas Don't do vote. not vote <laughs> and they started representing people who ha- have to pay rent and just want a good life for their family and that is a fucking centrist position like and and if you look at the history of centre political parties, radical centre political parties who actually then have proper social democratic reforms, they all come out of housing by housing affordability movements. Like that is an absolute political strategy. Look at Barcelona, en Camus, you know, like the last 10 years, uh, the entire politics of Spain has been reformed, not from the fringe left but from the fact that they set up renters' strikes in yeah. in Barcelona, and then took over the national government. No, it's and like and it's... and the socialists were on one side of the spectrum. The you know the nationalists were on the right, and they were in the centre. Let's no, it not it's an immoral act to hire an Airbnb in Spain. Let's not tarnish the Greens too much with this badge of reasonable centrism. They're still very much in favour as all having like good ecstasy pills sure. and that well, sort of stuff. But, but how is, is that? How is well. that not? Something that, like, uh, uh, most families and most... So you're saying the whole political spectrum, the way we talk about it, is yes, just completely irrelevant You've to just been brainwashed reality. by Rupert Murdoch into thinking that drug trials are some sort of fringe left 
swing thing. Most parents, I'm a sort of middle of the road parent who just wants their children to not die of drug overdoses, that's a fucking centrist thing to think. Well, it is. And most parents these days were of an age where we all took drugs yes. when we went to um, dance parties. And so now we understand that's, not that a, that's actually a worthy and fun thing to do. That's not a, not a generational no, thing, Joe. Not a no. generational thing. It's a perpetual no, human thing. No, no, well, it thing. is. But I guess that it for those of us who were on the first wave of ecstasy use, mm then our kids are coming to the age when they are going to want to, you know, surf that whatever the equivalent wave is, which I'm advised is now not pills at all. But, it won't you know, be other, ketamine or something. Yeah. Be well, that's more diving training. into the hole. And <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know that, like, that's quite the equivalent. Yeah. But anyway, oh, the, it, all the teenagers are now like, taking those drugs. It's doing the TikTok. It's probably <laughs> doing, doing the TikTok. <laughs> yeah, or something. But... No, but, but no, he's so embarrassing, Charles. God, <laughs> Cam. I'm not even sure if he means actually <sighs> being TikToks or taking <sighs> some drug, which is now yeah. got a code name of TikTok, which could be very confusing. All right, Gen Xers, calm down. Far out. <laughs> we need, I need Grace back on this show. This is this is time. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dive. Dive. Just... Think about Canberra. Do I have to? But right. it's like the most boring place in the world. They've got drug trials. Like, like it's not a it's not a fringe thing. And they've decriminalised marijuana. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But then, if if we're talking about yeah. this alignment, <laughs> I mean, Victoria has too. By the way, uh, I know that from personal experience. If you're um, talking about this alignment, then are you saying that if the, I mean, if the Greens are bang right in the centre, and I think you've proven that case with some of these examples. We then need to say the Liberal Party's off yes. to the far right in Wacko Land. The Labor Party is also off to the right. No, I think this is the mistake that on almost every fundamental issue. My from the people I know in the Labor Party. Yeah but they they use no, hear me out. They use the fact that the Greens are to the left of them. Like like essentially the Labor left is now in charge of the country, right? Like Anthony Albanese Staunch member of the socialist left of the New South yeah, Wales politics. Yeah, but what does politics. that mean? Yeah, no. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and so what they do is they use the Greens as this, oh, they're, well, they're further left than us punching bag and go, well, as long – and they define themselves essentially in opposition to, well, we'll just – line up with the Libs and – or, you know, like to the right of the Greens and – and inhabit the sensible centre and the Greens can take all the sort of flank of the left. Whereas I think if the Greens actually did a proper sort of repositioning of themselves where they went, no, no, we're in the centre, you two are off to the sides. And actually, and the Greens then allowed themselves to talk about some of the very structural problems that the Labor Party has about, you know, the union movement. I mean, I love unions. I mean, my union and everything like that. But the union movement really does hold back a lot of climate change, 
policies in this country in the name of, oh, we need manufacturing, oh, we need aluminium plants, oh, we need, you know. I think we're just disputing whether or not that would be defined as left. Well, um, I think just because the Labor Party factions call it. The well, socialist unions, left position doesn't mean. But unions, you know, like our tradition, like in terms of, you know, a Cold War split. Sure. It, it, like definition of left and right. Yes, that is. That's to the left of the Greens. The Greens are the sort of like just soaking up Yeah, the but I'm not sure those class. definitions are actually of much value to us. In this day, and yeah, age. I, I feel like but I that's just more, a label more akin that to what, they have. Isn't this more but akin to what we're talking about at the start with the Liberal Party? And it's not really about where they sit on as a spectrum. It's about whether this is bullshit or not, whether this mm. is terrible or not. Yeah, like why does it no, matter in what order we've put? Them in? We're talking about reality, it, catching up to decades of denying reality. Politically, because what what I think the Greens allow themselves to do is to sort of be positioned as this fringe dwelling. Sort of thing when they're actually, they should be the people who are sort of proposing to both sides of politics. Oh well, this is this is what should happen with housing. This well, is what I should happen with climate change and building coalitions out from both sides of politics out of those those. You're putting an awful policies. lot of emphasis. You're putting an awful lot of emphasis on a support. minor party that doesn't have any allies in the media to do all this work on behalf of the government. I think. Well, I think they are building that. electoral support. Mm. Um, they may not be building kind of coalitions within the parliament as yet, um, although they are now the effective opposition I mean, yes. when it comes to – because the coalition is just dealing themselves out of the discussion, now the actual meaningful discussion around what is going to happen in our country is happening between Labor and the Greens mm. um, and it will continue to do so uh, whilst the Liberal Party continue to live in their world of denial. Mm. But it's the people who've got the problem and not them and their policies. I mean, it is kind of hilarious and I think it's probably the only time I have agreed, agreed with um, Phil Curry is when they are canvassing as to who might replace Peter Dutton. Susan Lay, nup, says Curry. Angus Taylor, nup, says Curry. I mean, they're really the only two names at the moment. Personally, I think, like, it could well be that by the time we reach the next election they've had to undergo generational change and we could have mad, starey-eyed Andrew uh, Hasty leading the ship at that point. Um, but if Susan Lay and Angus Taylor are the only two alternatives being proposed, then it's not surprising that the Liberal Party are in the dire straits that they're in. Um, mm. They just have no talent whatsoever. Uh, I mean, the fact that Dutton's even leading them is kind of hilarious. I mean, I think we've sort of, we're so now inured to it that we've forgotten that actually Dutton as a potential Prime Minister is never going to happen. <laughs> and so, so maybe like Sky News, it's the concept was kind of com- CIA's plot. To- <laughs> uh, Dutton's point about the voice, asking for more details. It's it's very similar to what he does on absolutely everything. It's a stalling tactic disguised as being reasonable. And that becomes even less plausible when we see scenes like we saw this week where they're struggling to leave the chamber in order to avoid a vote on the referendum. That does not look like you are in good faith looking for more good more detail. It looks like you have your fingers in the ears and you're running from the scene of the crime. It's it's, it baffles the mind. Of course they don't have talent. What sensible, attractive, charismatic, funny person would see that and go, mm. yeah, I want a part of that? I want to be a part of that. <laughs> but no, look, it is. And and in the meantime, um, you know, the most conserv- one of the most conservative seats in the country, Western Australia's polling is showing 
in favour of the voice. So, you know, they are just not reflecting at all um, what the majority will of the Australian people is. Mm. And long may that last, <laughs> we may say. But um, it does mean that let's all watch the Brisbane City Council elections pretty closely because that is uh, apparently where they soon may – well, that is their most senior – the mayor, Lord Mayor of Brisbane is the most senior Liberal politician um, holding power on, uh, on the mainland. That's going to be yep. a barnstorm. I can't wait for that yeah. one. Have we exhausted um, just – have we plumbed the depths of the Liberal Party? Seemingly they have not, but have we well, exhausted they could, ourselves? They still could go lower. I think that's definitely on the cards. They're getting pressure to become worse and ragey and, you know, get on the culture war train from Sky News. And, again, I think it's going to fall flat in Australia, largely because of our voting system. Those issues work incredibly well in America because they rile you up to the point that you go vote. That's just not a factor in the way Australia votes. We all have to vote anyway. The crazy people are going to vote anyway. And all that stuff does is that it turns off the 80% of very sensible people. Now, one thing that was actually quite interesting that came out today on Anthony Green's blog is the seats that would have changed hands, mm. the results would have been different if New South Wales didn't have optional preferential voting. Yes. And, and that they, there were four. Yeah, there were. Um, and it was... Hardly, hardly surprising. It was two of the independents that would have um, fallen, Pitwater and Willoughby, I believe, mm. and Ride, I think, would have gone to Labor. Uh, yes, so optional preferential really does advantage the Libs at this point. Yeah. yeah. And full preferential um, doesn't. I'm surprised that, you know, when there aren't that many candidates actually standing. I mean, sure, like I understand these days. I used to be one of those people who would stand and fill in every box mm. on the New South Wales Legislative Council as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I would start with the people that I liked the most and then I would go when I was sort of, you know, mm. 20, 25, maybe 30 in, I would start with the people that I hated the most mm. and kind of worked up. And then there was always that kind of random bit which mm. you weren't sure if you were putting above someone that you liked, someone that was actually a real cooker and you just had never heard of them. And mm. so, you know, but if you'd run through the number of seats that there were in the Legislative Council and were confident that whatever happens, your vote would have been exhausted by then, it was, mm. you know, it was sort of a fun exercise but... In some futility, it would have to be said. <laughs> but when it comes to the lower house, I mean, at most there's, what, like seven or eight um, and in some senses sort of three or four. Like I can't see why you wouldn't just want for your own sake to make sure that you'd registered, that your vote wasn't going to be exhausted and thrown out at some point if your top two didn't make it. But, you know, that's just me. So clearly we're more obsessive about filling in our preferences than a lot of other people, but mm. um, that's the way it is. Yes. Uh, and I don't see that there'll be any major change to our voting system here in New South Wales anytime soon. Let's hope there is some major change to the voting system in the UK and that Labor, if they get elected for their once in a million years chance in government, don't mm. blow it and change the system so it's not such a gerrymander. Um, but that conversation is probably for another time. Yes. Um, we may wrap up now. We've lost Dave. Um, we're not sure if that's his internet our internet or just, just generally he got bored. Yeah, it was yeah, just like just enough already. Um, it's his ADHD. <laughs> uh, so at that point we will say thank you for listening um, and we will uh, be back next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, our gurus from Road, we're part of the Iconoclast Network. 
Catch you next week. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.